Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 9-11, may we never forget. I think today's podcast is very appropriate. Um, it's going to be about firefighters. And whether you are a current firefighter, or you've always dreamed about being a firefighter, or... I would even say you're at a point in your life where you're not stoked on your career. You don't like your job. You need to buckle up. This is the pod for you. I'm sitting down with Chief Soto. Uh, he is the fire chief, chief, chief in Spokane Valley. This is like one of the best fire departments in the world. I never even interviewed for this department, but when I was a firefighter, I always wanted to work for them straight up. I know a lot of guys and gals who work for this department. This is awesome, and they are doing it right and they're recruiting now four years ago five years ago when i was a firefighter i had to work my ass off and take a test with a thousand other people for a job opening of maybe six uh it was very competitive and the physical and then you go into fire academy and not get dropped and make it past that and then go into probation for a year and then become a firefighter and to finally be a firefighter one of the most rewarding times if Elk Shape ever goes away, I'm going back to firefighting. It's how much I love the people, the job itself, and and how much it takes to be a firefighter. I, I never knew until I became one how much stuff you really got to know. Sitting down with an elk hunting fire chief, Chief Soto, and we are going to recruit some firefighters today. We're also going to talk about just the you know elk hunting in general. He grew up in New Mexico. He's not going to say this on the pod, but he showed me his best bull ever out of the Gila 385. The guy is a beast, a badass bow hunter, and an amazing leader. Great pod. Without further ado, this is Chief Soto, and you're listening to the Elk Shape Podcast. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting 
to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests, subject matter experts, so that you can tune in, get what you need to get, and continue on your journey. We are blessed to call ourselves Elk Hunters, Season 6. Here we go. It's it's just a different way of hunting. you got to get really close and... It wasn't uh, about 10 years into it. I finally was like, you know what? I got to get something. This is just killing me. So I, I went to a, a, a uh, compound bow. So 10 years with the recurve. Yeah. 10 years tag soup. Yeah. But not giving up. Yeah. Actually getting hungrier. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, we go way in there. I mean, we're walking, you know, between 10, 15 miles a day. We'd go in for like two weeks. Um, so I mainly, so being from New Mexico, I mainly hunted the Gila wilderness. So, uh, I lived in the Gila wilderness. So hashtag must be nice. Yeah. I mean, that is yep 16 Bravo 16 B and that's where it's at. Um, everybody and their mother wants to, to hunt there. And, uh, we, we hunted there every year. We, we hunted there, uh, during floods. Uh, we hunted there during wildland fire. Uh, there was times where, you know, the, they would come in and say, you, you guys need to leave because the, the forest is on fire. And we're like, no, we're staying. And they're like, well, we're not responsible for you. And we said, we're okay. And we would stay all the way through it all. And, uh, and we wouldn't come out till it was over. Huh. I've never hunted Gila. I've hunted New Mexico quite a bit. Talk to us about the monsoon season, which is super special. People don't really understand it. They don't get the fact that you guys get your rain. All at once? <laughs> all at once. <laughs> so it's... You know, it's interesting because I've spent time in uh, Arizona as well. And Arizona is a whole other animal in regards to uh, elk hunting and monsoons. But as a whole, New Mexico has the bulk of their uh, rain during September and mm-hmm. specifically that first elk hunt. And so it's it's not unheard of to, to get in there and it rained for, you know, two, three days in a row and sitting there watching logs flow by and stuff. Uh, so it can get pretty, pretty nasty. I mean, you got to bring plenty of clothes and extra shoes because you may be wet for a few days. Mm. Yeah. So since you've been in the game since 96, 97, you've watched elk hunting change over the few decades and you've probably also observed things that don't change can you share a little bit of that yin and yang what what you've seen change and what has stayed the same um yes so i will say over the year when when i initially was putting in it was pre um pre-online systems so it was paper right You, you filled out the paper forms and handed them in and then, uh, and actually before that, it was just over the counter in New Mexico. So it was over the counter and, and even that was, you know, by paper. And then it turned into draw, no point system in New Mexico. So draw and uh, with a 10% that go to, to outer staters. And then uh, it went from paper to online. When it went to online, initially, everybody and their mother would put in. Yep. And so the state finally, 
you know, we, we complained enough to the state. We're like, hey, you, you got to make it fair because there are some people that are putting in like 14 people, you know. And so what the state did, which I really liked, is they made it where you had to pay up front. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't draw, then you, you got that money back. Well, now you had to have skin in the game. You're like, I'm going to put in 14 people. I got to pay for 14 people. And so that, that kind of helped out and balanced it out for those of us who really love hunting and love getting out there and doing it versus somebody who saw it on TV and says, Hey, I want to try it once. Uh, so, so for me, um, that was a big change. Um, the old timers, I don't see a lot of change there. You know, every once in a while they'll come in with a new chair or a new tent or something. And you're like, eh, you know, that's, that's kind of weird. Um, but generally they, they have their own way of doing things. And I like that old way of doing things. And then, you shift gears and you got the younger guys coming in now and it's uh, you look at them and i'm just like they got every space age piece of equipment er everything you can think of and it's just and half the time they get lost in out there and we're we're having to find them and it's just uh i don't know it's just different the the young the youngins of of today are not are not the same no next gen is totally they're gear oriented um all the gadgets yeah they're well equipped they have technology yep. and, um, but you know what the elk are still hard to kill yeah that's what i've noticed is it still ain't changed um you know we had a season of i went to new mexico one year kind of had a bad deal with some landowners and kind of got into the whole like landowner tag situation yep. um i had jesse Dubois or dubai of new mexico wildlife federation which is a group or organization that teams up with BHA and they're really disgruntled yeah. on how many of how they allocate landowner tags. Yeah, so New Mexico is different from everywhere else. And it's kind of a good old boy system, whatever. Um, for me, I, don't, I I dabbled in it, but I just didn't really like. Yeah. I don't live there, so I don't have a say. It's kind of always been my approach, but I do know this: New Mexico's got world class elk hunting. Oh yeah. What what uh, what unit were you hunting? I've been in all over, but the unit that I got in, and I would never say units on this podcast, but I will on this one oh. because. Um, my, my biggest, yeah, the most viewed YouTube video I've ever published is of me filming a land, uh, a guy kicking me off public land Oh, right. and, um, me arguing with him. Like he, there was probably four or five other state out of state hunters on the same state piece. And they're all like, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. And the guy's like, I'll have you arrested. And then there's me who's kind of been in a public land game long enough to be like this is fishy this is not you don't own this land and it's like no we have we leased this state land and i'm like you might have leased it for cattle grazing but you didn't get the hunting rights and he's like no we did and i'm like well let's call the game warden i'm saying this all on video and he's like well i don't have the game warden's number and i'm like wait a second so you're the security for this entire ranch right and you don't have the game warden on speed dial i'm like i'm not leaving and anyways, um, we were right. They were wrong. But yeah, there's some, that kind of stuff happens in every state. But sure. but New Mexico to me is like one of the best, truest elk hunting states. And I love that it's a bonus system. So anyone could draw any yeah, year. Yeah, anybody. And you do, you should have to put your money up front. Yeah. You know, I like that. Um, so that's where you learn to elk hunt, in the Gila. That's where I learned, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I learned, so the guys I learned with uh, were big time hunters in fact they they um when they retired from albuquerque fire 
they started their own outfit. Mm-hmm. So so they they guide and do all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, I I learned. I mean, I I learned with the best, in my opinion, the best because I mean, it was just it was amazing the stuff that I learned and uh, uh, it, yeah, I I can't explain it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, mentorship been, is everything. You've, you've been there, done it, and it's just amazing to to be in there and uh, and and be able to chase them. I mean, it's all, I only need a couple more years and I'll be able to think like an elk. So yeah, no, that's true. So Albuquerque is that where you started your fire career is that mm-hmm. like the day one right there yeah albuquerque fire department in, in 1996 so actually um on saturday it'll be 27 years that i've been firefighting with the job of firefighting all right and so you're currently in spokane valley correct and you're the new chief how long have you been a chief here uh so i've been here just over two and a half years i've been the chief for about a year and a half okay so. is this your first chief gig First fire chief gig, yes. And we're talking chief chief because you know there's always a lot of chiefs, but there's only oh. one chief chief. Congratulations. Oh, um, thank you. I'm really impressed with your department. We're going to talk about them quite a bit today. Uh, but the guy, Dakota, who lined us up to give, have you on the podcast, reaches out and he's like, hey, would you ever consider having our chief on your pod? He's a huge oak hunter. And I'm like, chief. So he's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, hail to the yeah. And I find out he's a, he's in media department of your fire department. And I'm like, I never knew fire departments even did that. So yeah. you guys are next level. And then I just met Julia today, who's like his boss. And she's just, she gets it. Yeah. And she's like, you guys got to talk recruiting. So if you guys are listening and you want a badass career, but you also want to have time economy, no, don't get it twisted. You're going to work your ass off as a firefighter and we'll get into the details on that but you also are going to have some autonomy in your schedule to probably hunt um maybe coach your kids team um and potentially even do a side hustle which is what i did when i was a firefighter i we I, all did oh yeah <laughs> we all did. yeah totally super excited to talk about that um I, I, so let's, i guided elk hunts did in, you really in colorado yep elk deer and bear in colorado that was my side gig one of my side gigs yeah what other psychics have you had? That's a good one, by the uh, way. I worked as a rescue tech for a company that was, um, they would be contracted out all over the country to, you know, go to San Francisco, New York City, whatever, uh, for confined space for, uh, you know, permits, uh, things of that nature. Because your 911 system is not your standby team for working in confined spaces. You have to have a stand-up team for that. And so that's what... I did that for a while, um, and then I, I was a paramedic as well, so then I started doing like a side gig uh, on the military base as a rescue tech, hazmat, rescue paramedic, so, yeah. Why do all the firefighters I know have side hustles? I mean, can't you just take a damn day off and relax? <laughs> you know, I, I tried, but my, we, we homeschooled our kids, and so my wife was like, I'm teaching two kids, not three. Beat it. So... <laughs> So I, I had to get a side gig because I was every time I was there, me and the kids would just start shooting our bows out in the backyard or messing around. So yeah. how old are your kids, man? Uh, my son is will be 24 at the end of the year. My daughter will be 21 in October. So Dude, you look good. Well, you're doing some good living. You're, you're aging well. Oh, thank you. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, I'm impressed. Um, well, let's get this. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Let me um, try to talk people into becoming a firefighter. Let me also try to talk them out because we're going to spit real talk. Okay. Um, you, 
Julie's going to hate me, but I can censor my... You can't be a pussy and be a firefighter. <laughs> I, I, <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> okay. I'll say it for you. And you get paid really, really well to... I like I still Julie's word, like be a MacGyver. But like, honestly, you, your specialty is not specializing when you're a firefighter. Right. Like you got to be able to do a little bit of everything and pretty well. Right. Right. I, I think people are still under the assumption that, that the only thing firefighters do is fight fires, which also includes pulling cats out of trees. And then the rest of the time that we're playing cards. <laughs> and, I, you know, I've been in the business, like I said, going on 27 years. And I can count on one hand the amount of times I had where I had that spare time to play cards. Um, we're an all hazard agency. Uh, so we, if you call 911, we're going. And it doesn't matter what you call for. And I've been on, I've been on pretty much anything you could think of, I've been on it. And so it, it, there's no, hey, someone called 911, I heard the dispatch, we're not going. We go, we go no matter what we go. And so, People call us for, for anything to turn off the pipes, you know, for the water, um, you know, uh, to, to finish cutting a tree because it's about to fall the wrong way. Uh, obviously, fires, any kind of emergency medical service call, um, ha uh, hazmat calls, oh, yeah. technical rescue, confined space, structural collapse, uh, trench rescue, swift water rescue, helicopter rescue, um, I mean, I, I can go on. It doesn't matter. We're, if we go, if we get called, we're going. And we will always respond. I mean, that's that's it. I thought I respected, like, what firefighters do when I was in the application process. And I tested for Spokane. And I tested for District 8. And I got turned down by Spokane, which I'm so glad I did. No offense to Spokane. But I, 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 it worked out better for me to go to District 8. And I fit in there really well. But I will say I did not anticipate the amount of work, specifically schoolwork. Oh, like yeah. I have a master's degree in exercise phys. Like I know how to read books. But when I became a firefighter and I went into it and I had done an academy at North, through North Idaho for six months. So I had a pretty good idea what I was getting myself into. But that academy and the amount of studying and all the things I had to know and the pressure of being on probation this is where I'm trying to try to talk people out like this. You can't half ass it. Right. You go all or none. Would you agree? I agree a hundred percent. Of course, the first thing I'm going to say is, you know, you, you started off in the right spot. So whenever you're ready to come up to the major, major leagues and join the Spokane Valley fire department, we'd love to see you try out. So holla at uh, you boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying, I'm just saying, yeah. but, um, <clears throat> it is, uh, it's hugely intense uh, through the years. A lot, most of the people that I see that try out um, and are most most successful are usually your former athletes, uh, former military personnel. Um, they're just they're a different breed of person in that they they have that drive, uh, type A personality, so to speak, where. If you show up to try out and you're severely overweight, um, you know, that's one of the that's one of those bells that goes off and go, you you're even if you show up and you're hundred percent in shape, you're gonna drop 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds. You are because we're gonna pound you into the ground. Because the whole purpose is I want the quitters gone. So I'm gonna make you uh 
the most uncomfortable that you can be safely because if you're going to quit here you're going to quit out there so let's get let's get rid of the quitters right away um getting back to being out of shape if you don't have the the self-control to 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 make sure that you're always in shape and ready to go then what happens when you join the fire department in 10 years 20 years 30 years this this is a career it's not it's not a uh, it's not a, a sprint it, it's a marathon and so if, if you're letting yourself go right now what happens when you've been on the job for 20 years you know you, you have you have a duty to, to to act a duty to respond and you're not just there to help and save the citizens you're there for the for the the people to your right and to your left on the truck you know if, if they go down the expectation is you're going to get them out so um, I've generally seen I've had all sorts of professional athletes uh, and, and special forces uh, are usually the best bets that are just like, boom, they just hit the ground running and you're just like, that's incredible. So, so that's just the physicality part of it. You've got to be physically fit and showing up on day one, you know, five, 10, or not five, but like 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds overweight, you're, you're not going to make it. You, you need to show up. Every time we've done a class and in the past where I've come from, once you're selected, we make sure and we tell you, you need to show up on day one in shape because we can say, hey, we're going for a five-mile run on day one. There's, there's no buildup here. We're, we're going to hit the ground running. And some people don't take that serious. And, and mm -hmm. guess what? They're, they're gone. They're, they're not in the fire department. I'm not, I'm not going to hire a 30-year a problem. I'm not going to hire mm -hmm. a, a, a 30-year, I don't, I'm too, I'm, you know, I'm too lazy to do this. Uh, we're high speed, low drag, and uh, the citizens expect the very best w when we show up on scenes. So a lot of pride goes there. Then, as I said, the second part of that is the mental health aspect of it. So um, when I joined, that wasn't even a thought process. The, the most thing that they would do is, and this is just how Albuquerque Fire Department did it at the time, we would, uh, an hour each day, you, you would, they would sit you in there and they would have a screen and show you the most grotesque pictures of, of accidents, of murders, of all those things so that your, your mind can start seeing that stuff. So when you show, out there, uh, show up on day one out in the field and you see it, you don't you know, necessarily you lose it. Now, I'm not saying that was right or wrong, I'm just, but that's what they did at the time to kind of numb us. Holy uh, shit, will, I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> to, to get us to that point where we, we're kind of starting to get used to seeing those things. Um, in any case, going through, it, it is a mental challenge. It, it is a 30 year, and, and you could imagine the stuff that you see today it's just, uh, it's gotten worse. You know, when I, when I first got in, I mean, there was always bad stuff. I, and I've worked, you know, I try to stay on Central. If you think of Albuquerque, Central's like the, we call it generally the war zone. Yeah. And so you have everything you could think of because um, you want to stay busy and stuff. But it wasn't like today's age where it's just, I mean, there's just bad people everywhere. And mm. it's, and we'll, we go on all of it. And yeah. so... Uh, you really have to today, we're really focusing on mental health and people seeking health and getting health and talking to people. Uh, right now, the big thing I'm trying to do is get a on-call mental health 
expert so that we have somebody, if something comes up, we can call. We're doing stuff now, so we have a bad call. We, we do call in a, a group of people that we can have the guys talk to if they want to. But I'd also like to have somebody on standby just in case. Well, I think you're doing a good job of being keeping it real. I think you, if you're going to sign up to be a firefighter, guys, like I was only a firefighter, one 24-hour shift a week for two years at a not the highest call volume department, right? And shout out to this straight to any of my homies that are still, that me listen to this podcast. Appreciate all the help those guys gave me along the way. Cause I was pretty hungry to learn and right. I'm pretty probably annoying cause I'm very driven and I'm not sorry, you know, but the, the thing that one of my best friends is the captain. I shouldn't say that cause everyone's gonna know who I'm talking about, but dude, he's been, he's career 20 years. He's seen some shit and it was really encouraging to hear from him that he's going to a provided counselor right. once a month or whatever. And that's like, he's open about it and everyone's like, he's a captain. So people look up to him and like, Oh man, if that guy's doing that, I can do that. I think it's really intelligent to have first responders of any degree. You shouldn't be just a master of, you know, compartmentalizing some of the nasty stuff you see and not talking about it. I feel like if you can bring the elephant into the room and look at it square in the eyes and talk about it, sure. everyone's going to need that support. Cause you are going to see some stuff that you can't unsee. Right? No, absolutely. And, and I'll even, uh, just to, to go back a little bit on that, my hat, it goes, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for local 876, our, one of our, our unions, uh, because they, they, they're the ones that started uh, this mental health yeah. um, timeout, if you will, where they have, they get together and they talk about these things. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, it was going so well, I, I, my main goal was, hey, I don't want any of us touching it or you know, don't even look at it. It's working fine. Leave it alone, and we'll see what we can do to shore that up around it. But they, they, um, they took the initiative and started doing that that work for their members and for 3701 as well. Uh, but it was mainly 876, as I understand it, that got that going. So hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So if you're basically maybe you're Type A or maybe you're not, maybe you're team oriented, career driven, like to climb the ladder, like to hustle, like the brotherhood. And want an interesting job where you literally don't know what you're going to see when right. you show up and you like time off. Do you guys do a pension? Uh, yes. Oh, so, my gosh. And you like a pension. You like a retirement. And you could do a side hustle. This is the only career for someone who wants to hunt. I'm just here to, I'm just here to tell you. If you want time. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is brought to you by Matthews Incorporated, Vortex Optics, Onyx Hunt, 
Peaks Equipment, Kufaru International, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, Buck Knives, Crispy Hunting, Stealth Cam, Marsupial, Born Primitive, Baku, Black Ovis, and Hard Work. Back to the podcast. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, certainly I, I mentioned type A personalities. I, they're not the only ones, but that that's certainly. that's generally what I see is uh, that are just super successful because uh, again they're just high speed low drag. We're not. Hmm. I don't have to tell you to do stuff. I don't have to tell you let's go work out. I don't have to tell you let's get on the truck. You're already there, hmm. and so uh, yeah. I mean the the job. It's a great, awesome, best job in the world, but it's not for everybody. And and you know that's the tough part of it when you see. Um, you know, we're running all these classes and you have these recruits go through and you have to let them go because it's just. Talk just... to me about your last recruit class. How many came in? So we had 16. So we're running back to back ones. So we had 16 uh, and they just graduated uh, this past uh, June, I believe. And so uh, currently there are 10 that made it through to, to probation. And so they'll be on probation for a year. And then right now we currently have 10. We had another 16, but we're down to 10 already. You've already dropped six. We've already dropped six. And again, did they weed themselves out or did you guys have to say um, sayonara? Um, from the standpoint of their performance, so their performance led to us, you know, obviously documenting and coaching, documenting and coaching, and then you get to that point where it's like, okay, we're – we're kind of at that halfway point. It's not, it's just not sticking for whatever reason. It's time for us to, we got to yeah. move this train forward. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll generally release them at that point. I respect that. And guys, that you one year probation, I did it. Um, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. But I will say, the first day you're past probation, you're not like, it doesn't, you're not green lit to be like, all right, this is now I can be the real me. You really need to be yourself, but you, you got to understand the the chain of command to me was just beat into my head. Like if I had an issue, I don't go to the chief chief. I don't even go to the captain. I go to my Lieutenant. Yep. Handle it at the lowest level, you know? And I really like that, you know, and it just a drama free workplace is what I was into. And I wanted to work with people that were like-minded and that's what I found. I know this whole podcast isn't about becoming a firefighter, but I do got to say starting salary entry level for your department, which was it 24,000 calls a year. Well, uh, we were just under that. Uh, we're at 23,230. Okay. That's a lot of call volume. Who's counting? Oh, we are. Uh, 18,997 were for EMS. Or 82%, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Who's counting? Uh, what's, what is the going rate now for a fire department? Just basic level firefighter. You're not a paramedic. You got your EMT. Roughly 70000 to start. Yeah, man. And the cool thing about our like little area is you don't have to live in Spokane to work for Spokane Valley. Correct. There's this beautiful place. I'm sorry, Coeur d'Alene people. But there's this beautiful place called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, with a lake, and then there's elk tags, uh, and you can live there and afford to live there it, on it, that salary. Is that that place they call America? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I do think Just so. Just making sure. So you guys pay well, and then obviously there's opportunity to grow from there, and 
And really, the pension to me, like th- those, are, those don't even exist anymore. They don't. Uh, most most places, and there are even some fire departments and police departments out there that are now going away from from pensions. Mm. Yeah, they, they're just saying, "Here's a four hundred one k, knock yourself out." So, so we have a, a an excellent pension. Now, I will say this: so I, I'm not a hundred percent a fan of Washington's uh, pension system. So, uh, you know, I've retired already once, so this is my second go round. But I, I, and the reason I say that is because. When you're in the military, you're, you're, you do 20 years and you can get out. There's a reason for that. Uh, in the fire service, specifically where I came from, uh, it was also 20 years. There were, there were, same as military, there wasn't an age limit tied to it. It was when you hit 20 years, you could, you could retire. I come up here and it's, you know, it, the sky's the limit, right? If you want to work 50 years, you can go 50 years. Mm. But what I don't like is, is the age, the tie-in with the age, 53 years old. So, I mean, you do the math. If you get in at, at, at 33 and you work to 53, you know, you've worked 20 years. Now, it's at 2% a year, so it's 40%. But you've done 20 years. It, but if you get in at 18, you're here for a lifetime, right? Let, let's say you get in at 18 and you're 52 and you're just done. And let's say you retired, you either have to take a reduced retirement or you have to wait a year to hit 53 to start that retirement. So not a fan. I think that's mm-hmm. really, uh, I think that's terrible. I, I get that they're, they have a solvent retirement, but, sure. but you've, you've built that solvency on, on the men and women's backs of the fire service. And I don't like yeah. that. You, 20, 30 years, most of the guys that I've been seeing in this state are going 30 years. That's a long time to be running like into said, burning there's buildings. There's a reason why it's 20. Right. And so, period. We won't that's go just in. Me. Yeah, yeah, I feel so. you on that. I will say this, man. Like someone like me, I'm 42 next month. Um, I, I guess I'll just be really honest, which is should be in line with my character. If elk shape doesn't work out, I'm knocking on your door. I'm going back to firefighting. It's the only career for me where I felt like I was challenged. Like. Truly, there was no such thing. There was no room for complacency. And for my personality, I love that shit, man. Like, I love the idea of just the grind. And uh, you got to be sharp. Now, EMS was like 82% of your calls, right? Right. So, like, in the two years that I was a part-time firefighter, I put out two brush fires, one house, one car in two years. That's one hand, by the way, folks. Uh, The rest was difficult breathing. I had to help grandma get up. And uh, pound on a couple of guys' chest, bring them back to life. Yep. That probably shouldn't have been brought back to life, to be honest. Yep. That was it. Nature. That's the nature of the game. Yeah. It's, it's mostly EMS. Um, you know, uh, speaking of 42, three classes ago, I hired uh, a young man at 48. Uh, he was actually, at the time, he, we were the same exact age. Yeah. And he was just starting, starting. his career. Yeah. And, and he's off probation and he's doing awesome so to me age is just a number it's all it's all up in your mind if you if you want it bad enough go get it my audience according to these podcast stats that i should look at that i hardly ever do is 24 to 48 years old male and i may have strong language in a type a personality but i believe in everything happens for a reason and i believe dakota over there 
reached out to me to have you on here for someone to hear this who is unhappy, unfulfilled, and just realize that we just told them, hey, it doesn't matter about your age. If you're miserable at your nine to five and you want to get out west or live over here and, and have a new career, I am literally, here's, um, we're opening the door. This oh. is the chief chief right across from me right now. Right. Right? I truly believe that. The department that you work for is, in my mind, held as probably the most advanced, the, the most highly sought after. And the fact that you guys are recruiting is kind of like, oh my gosh, because just four years ago, I was scratching and clawing to get hired. Yeah. And I had a pretty freaking good resume. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and I did very well on the written. So let's start with the written. Is it still like a GED competency, like go take a civil servant test? So to speak, because we, we use uh, uh, NTN. So um, we, we, we use, because we have civil service, we have a different system here. I'm not really used to civil service, not a fan. Just throwing that out there. That's for free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... So we use, uh, most of the departments out here use PST, we use NTN. Uh, so they, they do have a testing, you, you take a written exam with them, and it's looking at everything from your you know, mechanical aptitude to reading, hearing, following instructions, things of that nature. Um, and, and that's kind of what we use as the, as the baseline to, to get you on a list, uh, including your, your uh, CPAT, and then after that is when we start to run you through the interview process and, and start really looking at your background and all that stuff. Cause it all matters, right? I'm putting you in someone's house. I have yeah. to trust that you have, or, uh, have a full appreciation of integrity. You know, you're in someone's house and that mm. for some people it's hard for them. You know, they'll apply and they have a, uh, a history of just, you know, bad things. And you're just like, I can't, you, you're, you're, you know, you're, evolution of your maturity level has never you know it's just you're at the level where i can't trust you in someone's house ha have we hired people that have done made poor decisions in their past and they've they've shown a, a long lengthy tenure of not doing anything dumb and 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 being a good citizen absolutely and mm. we give them a shot at the title but uh that's but awesome if, but if you're you know i don't care i don't care uh who you are I don't care who your mommies are, your daddies are. I don't care who you're connected to. Uh, I don't care if you like boys or you like girls. Uh, I, all I care is can you do the job? And if you can't meet the minimum standard, and I'm not changing the minimum standard for anybody, then this job is not for you. And if you can't figure that out, then that's when we, you know, we make all that document. We have all the documentation. We say, sorry, this job is just not for you. So I, I say that because one of the things that I noticed coming up here is there's not a lot of female firefighters up here in the inland uh, northwest. There's just not. And we have been hiring them. Unfortunately, you know, we, we haven't been able to grow our, our female fighting, fire, firefighting force beyond the two that we currently have, who are rock stars, by the way. You only have two? We only have two. Wow. And they only were hired in 2020s. You know where you guys need to go? my old crossfit gym i used to own we go everywhere you Man. you can ask our our communications uh community yeah. affairs director julie happy there's not really too many rocks that we don't uh hmm. you know it, it we're everywhere you but guys, again you guys cannot hire my wife you're gonna see her she's <laughs> the most jacked 
badass woman and she's a registered nurse. She's not for hire. She's <laughs> she, but she did always talk about being a firefighter and she would fit in cause she's just one of the, she's just part of the squad. And, and I'll tell you, I, I've, uh, I've come in, uh, when I came through, uh, recruit school, I came in with, uh, three females that went through the fire academy with me and each one was different. Mm. E- each one, one, one was very athletic. One was a real tall, skinny nerd. And the other one was an older female, but they all have one thing in common. They had, they mentally, they were there. Mm. They were like, I'm going to do this. And then that would carry over into the physicality part into it. Yep. Because the hardest part is, you know, is, is that, you know, five foot, nothing, hundred pound female that it's it just, they have all the strength and they have a solid mind, but they can't, they just can't do it because they're, they're not. They just can't get it done. Yeah. And it's frustrating because you're like, I wish I could take that mind and put it into some of our people that, that can do attitude that never give up attitude. But at some point that's just not enough. You have to be able to meet the minimum standard as well. So, yeah, man. So like I weigh a buck 55, buck 60. If you throw turnouts boots, I go on air and you give me a couple tools. What's now, what do I weigh? You're over 300, 300 pounds. Yeah. So like, That's kind of um, something to consider if you're thinking about doing this career. The other thing I was going to ask you, Chief, is like, okay, you take the written and you don't have military preference. Okay, I didn't. Uh, what kind of score do you need to get to move to that physical? Uh, great question. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm a straight shooter. I'm, I'm looking for thinkers. I, I want people who, who can think on their own. Because if you show up on a, a three-person engine, right, and something happens to your captain, what are you going to do? And I, I, I don't know is not an answer. So I, I'm looking for, for smart people. I am. So I generally look at, I'm looking at our people that score 90s and above. Absolutely. Are there people that we hire less than that? Yes. But, but as a whole, I'm looking, at, I'm looking for those A students. You know what? It, it, it matters. Being, being, you know, um, putting in the time and effort to be a good student matters. Um, after that, you know, we're looking at uh, your, obviously your, you know, what you've done, where you've worked at in the past. Uh, you know, were you in the military? Were you, you know, an athlete? You know, were you, you know, a mathlete? I, I don't know. We're, yeah. we're, we're looking at all that stuff. Then mm-hmm. we look at your background and, uh, and it just then we just start making the list and going from there and, and start interviewing people. But generally, yes, I start. The first thing is the, I'm looking for those 90s. Yeah, I think. Real talk, I'm not the sharpest guy, but I know how to work hard. And I knew that as a but, student, like uh, undergrad, graduate school, like I had to work a little harder than everybody to be pretty average. And that's fine. Right. Like, know your role. There are so many good apps out there that I purchased and that any free time I studied to do. Right. And I took the, that I would call it the public safety test is what I called it yeah. back in the day. It's not that long ago. It took me the first time I did it. I realized I didn't prepare. Well, I don't want to mention my score. And then I got to work with all the apps and the study and the downtime right. and kept the fresh freaking crush that thing. And I got right. an interview without military preference, which is an extra 10 points. So you get 100% on the test and you get a 10-point military preference. That's 110%, man. You're going to go to the next step. So I did well enough without that to get 
and obviously the physical, which we'll talk about in a second. And then you know what I did? I needed to become an EMT before I went, you know. Right. You know what I did to become an EMT? I actually took the EMT test. This is no joke. I took it, I think I've taken it three times. First time, I pa uh, the very first time I took it, I got my teeth kicked in. It was intuitive. So I got things wrong. It's like, oh, let's ask him more questions about this right. stuff he's weak at. And I didn't get the whatever percentage wake up call, got all these apps, found some good on like paid money for these things and studied, oh, studied, studied. I took the next test and you know what? Computer shut off in like 30 minutes. And I thought I failed. I'm like, I thought I knew this. No, I just answered all the questions. Right. And just, the, the, Oh, the, weird. The preparation. So if knuckle dragger, Dan can do that. <laughs> and then I, uh, somehow I left, I didn't get enough CECs or something where they're like, you got to, Oh, I know. I, I had the Idaho Washington thing. So I took the EMT test in Idaho. Yeah. My academy was in Idaho. There wasn't reciprocity. So they're like, you got to take it again. I took it again and passed. So I've taken it three times, two for yeah. three. I'm just saying separations in the preparation. Yeah. Washington is in its own. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really care if I'm. Washington's a train wreck with all the red tape that they do mm -hmm. here. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, a perfect example. Uh, Kootenai County is directly to our east. Yep. And we do auto aid with them for fire only. Why? Because the state of Washington doesn't honor their the Idaho EMT and yeah. paramedic. Yep. It, it it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Huh. And it I've I've never seen so much red tape as I have in this state. It's really frustrating. Yeah. It is what it is, but I want to talk to those laterals out there because I like I they reach out. I've I've messaged right. with them. If you're a lateral and you want a new lifestyle, you could live in Idaho and work in Washington sure. and get paid more and work for Chief Soto, who's an elk hunter chief. I don't know if it gets better than that. Don't get your ego no. blown up, but I don't think it gets better than that. So laterals are an option as well, correct? Absolutely. So we are currently uh, in need of 18 firefighters right now, today. I'm going to need 18. Um, and so I am currently working with our uh, 876 union uh, on some verbiage because I would like to um, not just extend I, I want I want to go after everybody so I want I want the person who um, has never is not an EMT uh, has never no fire experience but I also want to capture uh, lateral firefighter paramedics lateral firefighter EMTs uh, or just a straight EMT and not no fire experience. So I'm looking at everything because I, I, I'm going to have to run multiple classes. I also want to stand up another engine company um, in the next year and then another one after that. So we're going to keep growing. Uh, and it's tough because we have vetted this area and a lot of people have vetted this area. So, I mean, if you look around the cities. All the cities are hiring. All the fire districts are hiring. We're all hiring. And, and it, I, I hate having to take firefighters from other departments because I know what happens. Um, but, I mean, and, and we have done our due diligence to reach out everywhere. We went nationwide last year. We, had, we, had, we hired somebody from all the way from Florida. We had, I think we had like 15 different states in the last class. So we are doing our due diligence there. Uh, of trying to get the word out and get people. We even tried a lateral class uh, at one point we did and it didn't, uh, it didn't go well. Um, but 
we are we're going to look for everything and i and i i do i i've i've been in department before where we uh did laterals so i i understand that and the only thing i'll say to those those people that are looking to lateral is the first thing is we don't transport so i, I, mean, I know that's a big thing that is amazing to me we, we don't and, and i you know it's I've been there and done it. We're not transporting. So I know that's a key thing for, for some of the people looking. I will say that I'm in, I'm in need of, of paramedics more 100%. than anything. Everybody is the whole, the yeah. whole, the whole You want to write is. your ticket? Yeah. Become a paramedic, man. Yeah. Write your ticket. It's a meal ticket. It is. You're, you're, you're the golden, it's the golden ticket yep. is being a paramedic. And if you're a, right now, if you're currently a firefighter and you're like just an EMT, I mean, invest in yourself. Well, you only move up and have more opportunity for yourself as a, that's just what I thought. Absolutely. Least. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we're, we're going to open that up uh, and get as many as we can. And, but I will tell you, we're still not going to change our standards or our vetting process. No. Um, you know, cause I'm not looking to hire another department's problem. I'm, I'm not looking to hire somebody who's just mm -hmm. lazy. I'm looking for, like I said, high speed, low drag, um, people who, who want to be the very best and bring that that teamwork attitude in uh and mesh with our current firefighters well i gotta give a shout out to the kootenays and the northern lakes who do do transport it, it kind of blows my mind honestly and so we should probably explain that for those that are like what are they even talking about because it doesn't even make sense to me to burn that precious commodity transporting people in when you there may be another call yeah so i the department I came from, uh, we transported. Um, okay. And, well, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. We transported, and um, what that means is is that you have uh, fire ambulances. You have fire ambulances, and they are dispatched on EMS calls with with your other you know fire units or the unit that you're next to, or maybe solo, because it depends, right? Is it an Alpha Bravo, Charlie Delta Echo call? So it's, it depends on the dispatch. But um, the key is they are taking the patient to the hospital. And the reason that I'm not a fan for it, especially up here, is um, the system up here is slow. I'm just going to say it. it is what it is. I know I'm going to offend some people, but there, there's no, um, I see units go to the hospital with patients and they're there for hours. Um, so you've, you've effectively taken, because remember, we're an all hazard agency. So you've taken not just a firefighter, you've taken a hazmat, uh, operations guy you've taken a trt person you've taken a swift water person you've taken a med you've taken that chess piece off the board mm. and so well said um that that is very frustrating to me that the hospitals here cannot stand up a a triage unit or even just a, a paramedic whereas we come in we do a patient transfer you have them let me get back in the game yeah so uh, it, it's very impactful. Now, I will say, as a paramedic. Uh, I know what you're about to say because my best friend's a paramedic. Yeah. He's going to agree with you on it this. Is, it makes you a patient really, care. Your patient care is second to none yeah. because you're there from start to finish. Um, 
So I do like that part. Now, we, we, will, we do write in, so they need to understand that. If, if Right now, the contracted ambulance company that we run with, if, if they are running a BLS unit and we have a paramedic or they have a paramedic and it's a really bad call and they need us to write in with them, we're going to write in with them. I, yeah. I got no issues with that. But we are not, uh, we're not riding around in ambulances transporting people on a 24-7 basis. You ever heard of this man? Like, uh, I just remember one night, of course, middle of the winter, we get called. It's just, I'm at a two-man station, so I'm technically the engineer, but I'm really not an engineer. I'm just a, fire, a dude who drives a truck. And uh, we hop in, call. Uh, it's an ALS call. We're all pounded on this guy's chest. We, we keep him alive. Um, but my lieutenant is also a paramedic. He's got a ride in. Right. And the other, it was two, we had two rigs there. The other rig drove off and... I'm in a really expensive fire engine and I got to drive it by myself in the middle of the night and it's snowing a long ways to Sacred Heart to pick up my paramedic. Has that ever, have you ever heard of that happen before? I was thinking, I was like, man, this is nuts. I am by myself driving this no. monstrosity of a vehicle. Has that ever happened? Not, no. <laughs> Every, not only well, maybe have I, I shouldn't bring ha, that story ha, up. As, as my department, has my department, has any place I have worked done that up up to this point? I would say no. So so did that happen previously at Valley Fire? Maybe, <laughs> but that's never going to happen while I'm here. That that's it was so nuts, not. man. And I was just like, oh. If you all have to go, yeah, then everybody goes. But I mean, obviously, if if two people have to go in and yeah. you have you have a you know a, a person who's clearly this is their full-time job. They know how to drive the truck. They're certified, yeah. and they have to drive it solo. That's fine. Yeah. But for a to, to just throw somebody into that without yeah yeah no that was I was I was kind of somebody, but I'd been there for about a year and a half, and I was just thinking this is nuts. But like that's kind of how low we were. Like that's what right. we operated at, um, which is crazy. Well, you do what you got to do. Yeah, know, and, and I, I like that, that about fire departments. That. Is it is kind of you do what you got to yeah, do. You make you make lemonade with lemons because you're here to serve the people, right. and you really are. Just and I know this is like the elk hunting podcast, but I rarely get the opportunity to talk to a chief chief who gets me as far as like the passion for elk hunting. And is in a position to potentially change the lives of some of my listeners. So I'm yeah. fired up about that. Let's finish with some good elk hunting stories. Are you going back to New Mexico this year or what's your elk plans? So I, I have a Idaho over the counter archery tag. Good. So my goal is to get there. I was uh, supposed to go and uh, help guide if you will, you know, my buddies that are elk hunting in a really good area in Arizona. Uh, but we have uh, uh, our former firefighter, Dan Patterson, a uh, badge number 348. He died on the line of duty last year. Uh, tomorrow will be the one year anniversary. Uh, and so we are honoring him. The state of Washington's honoring him on the west side at the, at the fire academy on the 13th on August 13th. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going on those hunts. I'm going to, uh, or that it, that's right in the middle of that hunt, but, uh, there's no place I'd rather be to be there to honor him, what happened, our, man? our fallen brother. So he had, um, he got off shift, uh, and went for a run and, and oh, he, he, yeah, died. Young. Yeah. Oh yeah. Young. Yeah. 
So rest in peace. So tomorrow is our one-year anniversary. So we're actually uh, our department has a memorial run and a memorial barbecue for him that we're doing tomorrow at Station Two, the park right next to Station Two tomorrow at it's five right there. o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So, um, wow. But um, other than that, uh, you know, uh, well, let's talk about your Idaho hunt here for a second. So yeah. archery. Have you hunted Idaho yet? I have. Uh, like Other North than, Idaho? Just turkey. Just turkey. I yeah, have, yeah. But not, you not haven't enough. pounded the brush yet. No. It's steep. It's brushy. Um, As the chief chief, did you actually schedule this hunt to where you have time off? You're not looking at your phone. And don't lie to me. No. I, I, <laughs> if, if they're, you know, it's funny. Some people go like, well, chief, you're off, right? Uh, I will tell you. Uh, I'm never off. I, know, I can tell there's that about ne- you, there's dog. There's never any time off. Yeah. Uh, so it's always, I'm always, I'm always going. I mean, like when I get in the Gila wilderness, there's no cell service there. <laughs> um, so I, I can tell you when I've come out of there a couple of times, you, you come out to about a thousand emails uh, and phone calls and everything else. Um, it's a whole nother set of fires, man. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I love it, you know, and I got friends all over saying, well, hey, how about you come out for this when I got cousins, honey, elk in New Mexico, can yeah, you yeah. come out for this? And I, I just can't go everywhere. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm pacing myself for, for each one of these hunts. Um, but I, 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 man, I love it. And I've seen some, like you said, some absolute monsters. I, I, I can't even remember the year. I think it was in 13, 2013. I have the paperwork for it. My buddy killed a 415 in new mexico and uh you know it, it was what just, even happens when you guys walk up together on that like what is even like that's i've never experienced that i mean never most yeah. likely what what do you guys even like do you realize what you've done well uh no but it, yeah so no and it was it, it i truly believe it could have been a world record it was the the antlers came swung back around and it was so it was 31 inches from from the tips tips to tips but the beams were 59 inches long seven by seven and so we couldn't fit it on the horse we're 10 miles into the wilderness and we couldn't get it on the horse and so i remember and these are my guys right so one of them goes well he goes either you carry it out or or i cut it in half and so (laughs) so he's like we're carrying it and so, of course, he when he said we're carrying it, that was him looking at me going, "We're you're, carrying." You're it. carrying it. So the other guys, <laughs> you know, they took they took the quarters and we carried that thing. And I will tell you, it was like a it was like a, a rack and a squat rack. So we were able to we were able to. He was he's five nine. So at 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 some point, every time we started coming downhill, I had to carry it because. He couldn't stop dragging the tips on the ground, and it was driving me nuts <laughs> because it was like, dude, that that that's the the monster. So Chief, are you available for packouts this fall? Are you on call for that too? Oh my gosh! That's it right there. It, I think it's still those. That beam's got to be longer than fifty nine, dude. It's a top ten in New Mexico. I know that it's on the state. It's in the state records. Everything's uh, it long. Was, it was uh, four oh three. Was the was the score after? Something After about those four, minerals in that grass of yours in New four, Mexico, 15, man. Four, I mean, that dude's five nine, so you can, and you can. Yeah. When he's taking this picture, you can see the dirt clumps. On so he him. looks like he's four eleven with that rack on his back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And we would step out of it like a rack cage and step under it, and, go, and then lift it up. 
Yeah, so I've I've had to do that a few times in New Mexico. Yeah, uh, and it's incredible. But you know what? Every every elk, people don't understand. Every elk um, is a trophy to me. Amen. And uh, you can't eat the antlers. So no. um, I'd like to. Um, I used to make bone handled knives, so that's what I would use them for. People would go like, "You just cut that rack up, yeah? Well, I can't take it with me. So no doubt. Make a good. Uh, now I do have only one left in my at my house. Uh, when we moved up here, my wife said, uh, you, you, you can't take all those. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't know what the house looks like yet, so you got to give. So I just I gave away the, the ones I have. But, uh, oh, I love it, man. I, I haven't, I I've it. never mounted a bull, as you can tell. Yeah. I just throw I, them up in the rafter, man. Yeah. I like, always do the Euros. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Euro guy, Euro mount. I'd rather yeah. buy more elk tags, which um, here's one I want to finish, 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 finish. Dude, you have a good, so I've done some homework. I told you I didn't. But I, I can't I couldn't show my cards. All right, all right. What'd you got you a really good reputation in the department oh, as a great. strong leader and a new breath of fresh air of leadership in there. So what um just straight up, how would you describe your leadership style? I am a uh a um situational situational leader. That's who I am. A situational leader. And and what that is is I am who I need to be to get the to get the job done. So I know some people some people love the, oh, I'm a servant leader. I'm a servant leader. I, I'm, I'm a servant leader when I have to. But anybody who says they're just a servant leader either hasn't been a leader long enough or they don't know what they're talking about. Because at some point, you can't give anymore. There's nothing left to give. And, and that's what being a servant leader is, is giving. But at, but at some point, I can't, I can't give you any more of this. I can't give you any more of that. I can't even give you any more of me. So for me, uh, being a situational leader allows me to be you know, a transactional leader, a transformational leader, uh, you know, a, a, a servant leader. I can be whatever you need because it's really up to you. It's what you need. Chief, I'm willing to do this, but I need that. All right, well, then I'm going to be what I need to be to get you to where you need to go. This person may be different. Maybe they're high-speed, low-drag. I don't need any help. I just need direction. So I've always focused on that, doing what I need to do, uh, and at the same time, being uh, emotionally intelligent. So, mm. so being able to read the room, read the level of, 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 of personality, of, of anger, of happiness, be able to turn the thermostat up a little bit or turn it down some. Uh, but, but being emotionally intelligent at the same time also helps. So, um, I mean, that's it. it it's, it's not easy, I, I will tell you, because nobody's the same you know you you do have the bulk of you know it's the bell, old bell curve right most of our guys are right here but i i don't as a former coach as well i never i never uh i never graded myself uh, on my on my champions i graded myself on on the guys that didn't have an ounce of athleticism mm -hmm. uh, on the guys that were were just you know nobody liked them uh, you know the pains on those could i make you know, young men and women, adult, you know, human beings out of them, and at the same time guide them to some sort of championship or finishing the, the race. That's what I always, it's the same here. Yeah, man, that's powerful. The, like, the thing I keep thinking of, Chief, is like when you hire an NFL head coach, he gets to bring his offensive coordinator, right. his defensive, the DB, the strength coach, like the package when you get hired as the chief chief you do not get to bring your new team with you right you are right. inheriting 
whatever the, culture you're right. walking into. Absolutely. Yeah. So how would you grade your performance coming into this position and hopefully elevating the culture to where you want it to be? I like that question over there. You guys like that? I'm getting, I'm getting, this is the I, only opportunity you I, get to do this. I'm going to do B. I might give myself a B. Uh, All right. Because, so when I got here, um, we went through a huge transition. We had a ton of retirements, right? Everybody, yeah. the, the deputy chiefs were all, all retired. The fire chief retired. Uh, directors, you know, retired. Every, everybody left. And it wasn't that they were leaving because they thought it was a sinking ship. It was just time. Was they, time. They, did, they did their, their duty, and, and now they want to reap the reward of retirement. Uh, so um, for me, uh, I felt like I was doing too many things at once and not being able to focus on any one thing more than I'd like to. Yeah. Even now, you know, uh, you know, I, I stopped by station seven this morning and, and had breakfast with those guys. And, um, I, I, I enjoy that part, even though I'm the fire chief, I enjoy getting in there and mixing it up, asking them how they're doing, how their families are doing, how's their lives going? Wh what do they want from this job? Where do they want to get? Here's what you need to go. Uh, I enjoy that part of it, a little bit of mentoring, a little bit of just being a friend. I, I enjoy that. It's super hard once you become the fire chief. When I was a uh, deputy chief, it was much easier. Yeah, I can be in there all the time. And now the fire chief, it's it, there's too many things going on um, that I don't get to do that as much. So that, that part really bothers me because I feel like I want to be there and I want them to know that I actually care about them. Uh, and when I feel like I'm not there, I feel like I'm missing that. They're, 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 they're like, hey, he doesn't really care about us. And so I feel like that's not the case. It's just I can't. It's just it's too it's so hard. It, it, if I go this way, I have these people over here going like, hey, man, you, you know, if I go that way, then I have those people going like, hey, what about us? So it, it's, it's tough at times. That's a moving target. Yeah. But that's what you signed up for, man. Yep. And the fact that you came by Station 7 today uh, I've never heard of chiefs doing that. Like the chief chief making time to have breakfast. And if a chief chief asked me, is this a regular firefighter? Man, what, how's your family doing? And how are you do like that? That means the, like, that's huge, man. I encourage you to keep doing that. Even though I'm sure it's challenging yeah. your guys. I think me, I just talk for me personally. I would eat that up. That's the little fairy dust of leadership that like, Dude, you got me. I'll you tell me how high to jump. I'm gonna, I, and I think that's really uh, unique. Our, our, I will tell you these, the men and women of this department, and not, and that's not just those in uniform. They all get it, and that's what's, that's the easiest part of my job is I'm not, I'm not that salmon trying to swim, up, up, upstream. It's like, dude, this is awesome you guys make my job so much easier because they all get it. We're here to serve the public and that's it. There's no, there's no special sauce. There's no secret. Our job, we go to calls and, and it's maybe it's just a, a, a paper, a paper cut, but for you, it's an emergency <laughs> and, we, and we treat it as such. And so, uh, that, that's been a, a blessing and a pleasure to, to, to be the chief of, of, all of everyone because that's 
they put the citizen first. Mm. And, and that's what this job is, service before self. And so I, uh, that's a, it's been a pleasure. Mm. Guys, this is Chief Soto. He's the real deal. I, I do want to finish with this. How or where do people listening that are interested in pursuing a career at your department, how do they do that? Um, then go to our website. Go to our website. Uh, we have stuff on. Can I bring Julie in here? She's hey, Julie, want to jump on? Yeah. Guys, this is Julie. This she's, is Julie. She's going to line you up. This she, is important, Julie. This is the Valley Fires Community <laughs> Affairs Director. He gets an A, actually. He said B. He's an A. Oh, there you go. Uh, you can go on our website. Um, I think it'll post around August 14. Um, oh, that's coming up. Yep. And when is it close? Because my podcasts are scheduled out in advance, and I, I know I have one scheduled for the 14th already. That's a Monday. So we're currently um, part of civil service is we have a list that's a current list. So we're, we're vetting the, the remaining people on that list to see if we have any possible uh, people that we can hire. It's, and and it, it, it probably won't be enough. Even, even if they were all good, I don't think there's going to be enough as to looking at what we need in the future. So our goal is to vet that list, go through that process, and then uh, we're going to immediately start a new process, get another process going um, as, soon as, as, as soon as we're able to. So whether that is uh, October, November, December, January, although I strongly think it's probably going to be October because everybody's still looking to hire people. So here's what my idea for you guys, and, and you probably do this, but like for me, so first off, this has been crazy to hear like you guys asking people to come work for you. Literally four years ago, I was scratching and clawing to become a firefighter with a fairly good resume right. and like no felonies, like just a normal dude right. with life experience, which I know y'all like now you're, you're like on my podcast asking for people, badasses mm -hmm. specifically. So is there any way they can be like, like it's a social media era. Like, do you guys have an Instagram page or something where you would like, if they follow that, they'll be the first to know when this opens. Any Go ahead, social Julie media platform. You can find us. That's what is your social on Instagram? At Spokane Valley FD. Spokane Valley Fire FD. Okay, well, here's what we're, I'm gonna do, guys. Julie, you're gonna email me every dang link you want, and I'm gonna put it in the show notes, guys, because I want y'all to lead a life that you're proud of, have a service, and be able to have time to do things that are important to you as well outside of that. So this is Chief Soto. He's the real deal. This is Elk Shape Podcast. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys, I'm gonna leave a link to Spokane Valley Fire's website. They have good job on socials and media. Um, you can get a hold of their communications manager, find out when is the next uh, enrollment, how to test, how to get going. They're looking for good human beings and they're recruiting. And dude, you could live, I hate to say this, you could live in North Idaho and still work at Spokane Valley. It would be like a 10, 15 minute drive tops. And so you could be hunting in Idaho. So if you're ready for a big change in your life, uh, maybe you ought to consider this fire department. I stand behind him as the, one of the best in the world. Chief Soto, thanks for your time. I, uh, I look up to you, and I have nothing but respect for you guys. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one. At the end of every podcast, I'm going to rattle off some discount codes if you're in the market to save some loot. Support the cast. Here we go. Vortex Optics. Go to eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10. Takes 10% off. Vortex Wear. 20% off any of their apparel. 
discount code is elk shape on x elite membership discount code elk shape 20 percent off become an elite member it's a no-brainer peaks equip we're talking gators tripods headlamps shelters and more to come discount code elk shape 10 percent off MagView, digiscoping discount code elk shape 10% off the S1B1 Made in America Lifetime Warranty. Wilderness Athlete discount code is ElkShape2023. 20% off. Look up the ElkShape stacks. Stealth Cam, 20% off non-cellular. The discount code is ElkShape20. And 10% off cellular. Get the deceptor. Discount code ElkShape10. Baku e-bike discount code ElkShape. $300 off. BlackOvis.com. Anything under the sun. Elk Shape is 10% off plus free shipping. Sheep Feet, 10% off discount code Elk Shape. Fatty Meat Sticks, 10% off discount code Elk Hunter, all one word. Crossover Symmetry, 20% off. Bulletproof Your Shoulders, discount code Elk Shape. And finally, Canvas Cutter, it's what I use. I spend 30 nights a year in. Discount code Elk Shape takes 10% off. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next week. Take care.